0: building up godly men for a better tomorrow. This is On the Edge with Ken Harrison, where we inspire men of integrity to put faith into action together. And now, here's today's show.
1: So I had some interesting conversations with a good friend of mine named Tim Dunn. And Tim is a guy who is extremely successful in the oil and gas industry and uh, in every sense of the word and also very powerful in conservative politics in texas and um, tim and i see the world very much the same way from different aspects he's a mechanical engineer i'm an english lit major so we have this sort of different way of processing but come into the same result and so The conversations were so rich with Tim that we did a whole long series of them, and I think you guys are going to be really blessed. We've covered every issue from raising kids to different theological issues to being a man that I think you're going to find fascinating. So we have a long series here with Tim Dunn that I think you guys are really going to enjoy and be blessed with. Um, And just remember, as you listen to these, that he is one of the most successful businessmen in America, but also a deeply godly man with a deep understanding of Scripture. And we control our salvation.
2: Well, which salvation? That's the question. <laughs> which salvation? So this is something that was uh, such a huge uh, aha moment for me to realize that the Greek word that's translated salvation is sozo, S-O-Z-O. Uh, or if I think that's the, um, that is the, what is that? The verb form, I think. Soterio, I think, is the noun form. So we use it just like the same... Greek uses the same way as English. Uh, if I say, you know, do you want to s- save money? We're not talking about heaven and hell, right? We're talking about you want to spend it now or you want to invest it and in for later. So uh, the Bible uses it the same way, and I can illustrate it with this verse, Matthew 9.22. It says the lady that touched the hem of Jesus' garment, okay, and it says, but Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you saved. So-so. Okay. Now, the translators translated that well, or healed. Faith mm. has made you healed. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. Properly. They translated that properly. But it's saved, okay because saved means something is delivered from something the money was delivered from being spent the oh, baseball there. game was delivered from being lost the leftovers were delivered from being thrown in the trash and often delivered to something they were delivered to you know being saved in the in the refrigerator we we use it that way ourselves so when you see saved in the bible you should always ask yourself, "What is being delivered from what?" Okay. Okay. So, there's three basic deliverances that uh, apply to us as individuals. There's obviously all kinds of deliverances that can happen. Uh, this lady was delivered from an illness through her faith. But you know what? The three kind of things that when we talk about what we usually think of as salvation or the three ways the words are made to us personally, spiritually, let's say spiritually. First is, are you God's child or not? Okay? And and when we're born, we're born into death, and we're not God's child. So how do, you, how do you go from being delivered from not being born to being born? How do you do that? What's the best way to go from not being born to being born?
1: Physically, you don't have any... Yeah, well, you don't have anything
2: to do with it, but... You, you didn't exist before, and now you do. You got born, right? right? Same thing in, in spiritual birth. You weren't born, and now you are. Well, that's a matter of receipt, just like this lady, exactly like this lady. If I, she, she said, if I can touch the hem, I'll be healed. And he said that was good enough faith. That faith was good enough to be saved. It's the same thing as if I have enough faith to look at the snake on the pole, then I'll be healed of the venom. Same, same thing, same exact thing, same picture, right, of the Israelites. And Jesus used that illustration for how you receive becoming one of his children. Enough faith to look at him on the cross and saying, I don't want to die. I want to be healed. Same picture. So that, that, what, what can we control about that? Well, we can control making that choice to say, I'm going to look hoping to be healed. That's it. The rest of it is just a matter of receiving. It's all done for us. So we have
1: no control of that. We can only receive it. So we're like just, just like a child, a newborn child. Just like a newborn child. They don't do anything to increase their existence. They're not even really aware that everything's being done for them, same as us.
2: And if you met someone who was doubting whether they were actually physically born or not, <laughs> you would think it was kind of odd, right? well so there's no reason to doubt if jesus has done it for you there's no reason to doubt that okay so then the question is okay now what now what well the bible asks you you know follow in his ways uh, be holy for i am holy uh walk in the spirit not the flesh if you sow to the flesh you reap corruption if you sow to the spirit you reap life and peace well that's all up to us that we act we actually control whether we walk in the spirit or we walk in the flesh it, god gave us that decision he left that decision to us
1: okay so now like a child the mm-hmm. baby has no idea what's going on it's just taken care of yeah as that baby matures and gets older into their terrible twos suddenly mm-hmm. it occurs to them oh i can i can make I can a choice, make a choice. Mm-hmm. and i choose to pick up that dog poo because it looks really cool. Yeah, And then mom screams, don't pick it up. And mm-hmm. then we pick it up and we go yucky and we figure out, oh, maybe mom isn't just trying to keep me from the fun of the dog poo. Maybe she knows a thing or two about yeah. dog poo. Right. That same thing with us in our spiritual life, yeah. we're learning to either obey and trust God or not. That's right. And God says, you, you, you
2: can learn one of two ways. You can trust me that I know what's best for you or you can, fi- or you can experience it for yourself. Well, the experience it for yourself, you can get a lot of mess and dirt, and you know what we we actually want kids to experience things for themselves, and we put limits on it. like we we built a play hill behind our house, and there's a bunch of big rocks around it, and it has a it has a turf uh, like an artificial turf surface with a big pad under it, so if you fall you know like a playground. Well, the original design, it had a bunch of rocks in places where I could see kids falling down the hill and cracking their skull. I want them to fall down the hill. That's part of learning. But I want them to hit the pad and get back up and keep going. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to crack their skull. Right. Okay. So we put, we put uh, a freedom V on people, you know, on our, on our children. We want them to learn. We want them to fall. We want them to hurt. We don't want them to be injured. You know, We don't want them to have a, a permanent injury. And that's why we do, that's why we do uh, monkey bars and playgrounds and stuff. You know, they get boo-boos on that, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not 20 feet off the ground. You know, it's five feet off the ground. Right. Uh, well, and, and God does the same thing with us. He says in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, he says uh, He doesn't give us any temptation that we can't endure. So he's always making sure that whatever circumstances come into our life, we can deal with it. Well, circumstances to do what? Well, this, this uh, Galatians uh, 5 is a really great illustration of this because we have a choice, and very clearly his, his Paul says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Makes it really clear we're deciding on a moment-by-moment basis whether to walk in the Spirit or walk in the flesh. Okay, Now, when we walk in the Spirit, we're being saved. From ourselves and the lust that's within us. And when we walk in our in the flesh, we're losing being saved. And
1: so you're talking present tense, constant present
2: tense. And that has nothing to do with that has nothing to do with whether we're a child of God or not. Mm. It has to do with the consequences of our decisions. And we have sin in us, in our flesh, and it's connected with the world. It's connected with evil we need continual deliverance from that and we choose whether to be delivered from that or not because we have the spirit the spirit is a capability to walk apart from the flesh but we're choosing it so that particular salvation we
0: actually do control whether we have it or not today's episode is brought to you through the generosity of Waterstone. For nearly 40 years, Waterstone has assisted givers in supporting their favorite charities like Promise Keepers by crafting customized innovative giving solutions. Waterstone gift strategists stand ready to create your personalized charitable plan, utilizing business interest, real estate, appreciated assets, charitable trusts, giving funds, and more. These donor-specific giving strategies allow givers to bypass capital gains taxes, receive a fair market value charitable deduction, and have tax-free growth for years to come. Prioritize income, minimize taxes, and optimize your giving with Waterstone. Find out how to give and receive the most from your assets by visiting www.waterstone.org. And now, back to today's show. Now, to
1: to back this up, I remember when I did not understand this kind of stuff about 20 years ago. I came across the verse Philippians 2:12 and 13. Continue to work out your salvation in fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. And so I remember being very compl- very confused. How do, are we continuing to work out our salvation? Wasn't it just this one thing, this moment? And and again to reiterate what you're saying, there was a moment. That one was called birth. Yeah. Now, there is a moment, a current moment, that we're working out our salvation in what? Fear of the Lord, in fear and trembling. Yeah, and, and a question there.
2: That salvation, what is being delivered from what? Yes. And it's, it's the salvation of being delivered from, in this particular case, the, a, an attitude that will lead us to not gain the glory that Jesus wants for us, versus having the attitude that will gain. Because the the passage right before that says that Jesus was in heaven in his perfect spot with God, but wasn't ticked off because the Father asked him to leave that perfect spot and take on terrible circumstances. Mm. He didn't consider it beneath himself. He did it willingly, and he came and took on the form of a bondservant, learned obedience, even death on a cross, And because of that, his name was lifted above every name so that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. So he was made, all authority was given unto him in heaven and on earth. He was made the king of the earth as a human. He was already the king of the universe as
1: God. But now he's also king of the earth earth as human. It's an important differentiation for people to understand because some of the cults get that all confused.
2: Well, yeah. And, and he, and it says, to the glory of God the Father. Why is it the glory of God the Father? Because this is what God for the Father wanted. So then he says, so then my beloved, just as you've always obeyed, not in my presence only, but also more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Your salvation from what? Well, we can either learn obedience to death on the cross like Jesus did and get that same reward with him. Or we cannot, and we lose that reward. So we're constantly being delivered. From, we, could, we choose whether to be delivered from futility. We choose whether to be delivered from loss. We choose whether to be delivered from death on a moment-by-moment basis. doesn't have anything to do with whether we were born or not. That was in the past. It has to do with who we become, and that's up to us. So that's a salvation we can lose. The one we can't, one we
1: can. So the salvation, the becoming in of the family, the saved from the sin, the the, the consequences the penalty of, sin, of sin, hell, hell, yeah. That we can't control. We were born, but the salvation of being safe from sin in the current, we can control by our choices. By our choices, because we choose the spirit or the flesh. That's our
2: fundamental choice on an ongoing basis: whether we're going to sow to the flesh. And reap corruption or sow to the spirit and reap so life in peace.
1: Okay, now I'm, I'm going back to these fatherhood analogies. Mm-hmm. Your children can never stop being your children. Correct. They were they born your, into your family.
2: They have. There's no such thing as a DNA transplant.
1: Right. So no matter what they do, they'll never stop being your children. However, right. what they do determines their level of intimacy and relationship with you as their father.
2: It dec- determines that. It also determines the the extent to which their gifts mature and come to fruition. They may have tremendous giftedness if an artist, but that can be squandered. They may have tremendous gift as a business person. They can squander it. They may become a drug addict instead. Okay, So um, you, you have to make choices to develop those gifts or you don't get the benefit of those gifts. So you're delivered from loss, of becoming who you were really designed to be and saved to becoming who you were intended to be if you develop those skills as a in in the physical world it's the same thing in the spiritual world we have spiritual gifts and if we don't develop those spiritual gifts they're lost and we we, lo- we we've been delivered from futility but only if we choose to walk in it okay now there's a future salvation that all of us are going to have. We're all going to be delivered from the presence of sin and into the presence of God. And that's something that is going to happen to all of us. And thankfully, that's not something we choose. But again, once we get there, we're going to face the judgment seat of Christ. And I think very fortunately, we're going to be conformed to the image of Christ. Uh, And perhaps that was done in this life. Perhaps it's done in the next. We've talked about that. But then there's going to continue to be cho- – from everything I can see in the new, in the n- new earth, there's going to continue to be choices, which I, I'm really grateful for. Life is going to be – it's going to be the, – the new earth is going to be like this earth except a million times better, and it's going to be more adventurous. Whatever you love about this earth, it's going to be way better, more adventurous. I've
1: always said that the new earth is going to have veil with Maui at the bottom. So you'll <laughs> ski down from Vail and you'll just be on the beach in Maui.
2: Well, that's not bad. You know, the, <laughs> the, the image that we're actually told is that there's this, this uh, prefab city that comes, that comes down from heaven. I guess it's already up there under construction.
1: It's Spoken it, like a true Texan. It's a, <laughs> it's a mobile home
2: city. <laughs> and then, and it's uh, 1,500 miles tall. Okay, if you look up and see an airplane going overhead, that's about five miles. So this is big. This this new earth is must be a bigger place than the current earth, and the mountain comes down, and and the city is a mountain. So it's a mountain like you know we all are. I got to I got to go on a plane around Mount um, uh, McKinley one time. Oh, it was unbelievable, so fantastic. We were at twelve thousand feet. We're still looking up ten thousand feet. Unbelievable.
1: It's Called Mount Denali now.
2: Denali, yeah. So. Um, and, and, you know, at any given time, there's a hundred people or so on there and the death rate of going up on McKinley is like 5%. I mean, it's a real dangerous mountain. Maybe yeah, we 2%. we mountains in
1: Colorado that are a lot safer.
2: Yeah. I mean, people, but why, what's the allure of going up on that mountain? Well, it needs to be climbed. You know, when we see a mountain, it just needs to be climbed. But what, it, what's up there? Well, up there is life and death. The snow comes off the mountain and brings us life when it turns into water, but if we go up there, it's not habitable. Well, we have this, in the new earth, mm. there's a habitable mountain, and what comes from it? Water, it comes out from the throne room, and it flows down and gives life, and on either side of the river is uh, the tree of life that gives healing, whose leaves gives healing to the nations. Apparently, we're still mortal, but we're immortal because we eat our, drink our leaves every morning.
1: <laughs> and when you said we have choices, you you didn't mean we have choices to sin, of course. All of our choices would be within obedience and the presence of God.
2: Well, it doesn't appear there'll be any more sin. Uh, but, you know, there will be, I mean, there'll be consequences. Everybody's going to take their leaves every day so that there's the healing of the nations happens. And we won't have noncompliance. You know, one of the main problems with medicine today is people won't take it, won't take it. You know, they won't take their prescriptions. So, but, you know, why, why wouldn't you? You know, we're going to see clearly. We're not going to have all this self-deception and whatnot, which, you know, the the right now we live in a lot of deception and don't see reality, and that's a source of uh, of a major source of our problems. I think the judgment seat of Christ, in some respects, is going to be a transition to seeing total reality. And that's one of the reasons it's going to be painful, and then we're going to live in a world where there's total reality, and it's going to seem nonsense. Sin will seem nonsensical to us. It wouldn't even enter your, it wouldn't even enter your thought.
1: Unless you won't have a devil lying to you. Thanks for listening to On the Edge podcast with Ken Harrison. For a lot of you, this is our first time meeting, and I want to tell the men listening about an organization I'm the current chairman of, Promise Keepers promise keepers is an organization founded by coach bill mccartney that's led men across the world to a saving relationship with jesus christ promise keepers is calling men back to courageous and bold servant leadership to learn more and get involved in the mission of promise keepers visit promisekeepers.org follow on social media or download the promise keepers app on apple store or google play by searching promise keepers through the promise keepers app you'll receive access to devotionals bible studies and other great articles and video content, and a community to build friendships, lead your family, and become transformative leaders. See you next time for On The Edge with Ken Harrison.